the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Once again, coming to you from Miami, Florida, where the temperature is now more normal. We've had a real cold stream. I mean, truly cold. It was it was a joy, actually, to be in uh, Florida in the at any time and have cold weather. Welcome, indeed, to the show. You know, I was thinking, I, I want to remind you why I'm here. The Daily Wire has produced, let's see, how many, I guess it's eight sessions uh, each time, I believe. Two hours a session, 16 hours on the Book of Exodus Last summer, it is up at the Daily Wire. It is led by Jordan Peterson, the world-famous, and by one of the rare times where world-famous is actually important and earned. He's not famous for being famous. He's famous for actually doing good. And he is leading it, and there are six or seven, about seven of us, Depends between six and eight of us who are discussing the book of Exodus. And I am proud and honored to be one of those, again, for part two of Exodus. And I was thinking during yesterday's session, is there anything as uplifting taking place anywhere on earth on the left where where you have serious people from various countries and backgrounds and religions discussing the greatest issues of life with no intellectual compromise yet accessible to anyone. Is there anything comparable where when you leave you feel uplifted, you feel that life is ultimately a very meaningful process? And that struggling with the great issues of life, including struggling with faith, is intellectually and psychologically worthwhile. Is there anything comparable happening on the left? And I can't think of a thing. What is uplifting on the left in any event? That you're nothing more than your color? Is that uplifting? Think about it. Let's have a seminar here on racism in America. That's uplifting. Let's have a seminar on how we can get more transgender airplane pilots. That's uplifting, too. That's, that's what they do. Let's talk about how awful America is. Well, we, can, we can do 16 hours on that. And it's just another example of the lopsided decency, depth, intellectual, 
spiritual, moral, how lopsided it is in favor of what's called conservative. It's very, uh, it's very uplifting for me. We had a very interesting discussion in part yesterday, which I th- I'm going to raise on an Ultimate Issues Hour. Does God get sad? I, until yesterday, I would have said that that is anthropomorphic speech. God doesn't get sad. That's just talking in human language. Then yesterday it occurred to me for the first time in a life of teaching the Bible, specifically the first five books, and writing my commentary on the first five books, the rational Bible, that, of course, it would seem God would get sad. Can God make a creature that can experience something that he himself cannot experience? Is he left completely unmoved by human evil? And then that verse that has always struck me is really, really powerful. God, I'm translating from the Hebrew, in from my knowing the verse by heart, Vayitatsev Hashem Elibo. And God got sad unto his heart. That's a the literal translation, when he saw how bad people acted on earth, and which led to the flood. Now, I always took that as metaphoric, just speaking again in human language to describe a divine reaction. But yesterday, in concert with these scholars, I uh, I actually came to believe for the first time in my life that there's a very good chance that God does get sad. And it, it had a very uh, deep impact. And when I spoke about this, and you will eventually be able to see it uh, when the part two of Exodus at Daily Wire comes up, uh, it... it made me understand something I've always had a very hard time with loving God because of all the suffering on earth and then it made uh, it made that more comprehensible and accessible to me anyway people were moved I was moved so tell me where you have anything comparable on the left it's 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 interesting because there's a new study out that I just saw and uh, it is uh, it is about the increase uh, in middle-aged suicide among white men and how it might be attributable, attributable in large measure, not in total, there's the opioid crisis and other things, to the, uh, the death of religion, the single greatest issue of, of the modern age, the... Uh, Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Closing the door here. They've been great here, the Daily Wire people, in making this possible. I go straight from the from my broadcast, then one hour exactly after the broadcast each day. I have my own room here. Uh, we do the, the Jordan Peterson Exodus Daily Wire sessions. 
This is the greatest single issue of our time is the death of religion. Never in history has there been a civilization that didn't believe in a god. This is, uh, and the shallowness of the secular intellectuals, which is represented by the shallowness of every university virtually in the country, that, that shallowness is one of the reasons it isn't even grappled with. You would think that a serious professor, writer, even on the left, would grapple with the issue since the in, in, in all of Western history has been rooted in the Bible, the death of the Bible as the text of the West, what are the consequences? You, you would think they would, even if they celebrate it, you would think they would at least address it, but it isn't even addressed. That's how shallow the secular intellectual world is. It is, it is devoid of depth. All right, apropos of that, you want some good news? We should have a good news theme. <laughs> I will admit, it will not be played all that often, but nevertheless, it might be fun to have. From the mail, Diocese of Des Moines, that's Des Moines, Iowa, bans preferred pronouns in schools and parishes and rules students and worshipers must use toilets and locker rooms of their biological sex. Trigger oak fury at unchristian move. The Diocese of Des Moines in Iowa has been praised for leading the war on woke by banning preferred pronouns in schools and parishes and ruling that students and worshipers must use the bathrooms and locker rooms of their biological sex. So you don't have what we just had in Santee, California, 17-year-old girl showering at the YMCA next to someone with a penis in the shower. That was not what she bargained for when she joined the YMCA and thought that going into the shower, the women's showers, meant that she would be showering with women, not with men. And that is a man who says he is a woman, that he's entitled to say that. But she is also entitled to say, in the shower, it is a man. And as I pointed out, and this is, I, I can't think of a, of a more ludicrous fact of modern life in America, where sickness rules, well, I'll give you the rule when we get back. I'd like to introduce you to Monorail, America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. Doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android, Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank-level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through Securities Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. 
No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and safety that you need. Whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock, or putting money aside for future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks. Monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies you believe in. It only takes five minutes to download the app and set up. Join the pro-America money movement. Join Monorail. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. And I was telling you that there is a rule talking to you about the diocese, the Catholic Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa that they have banned preferred pronouns in schools and parishes. Students and worshipers use bathrooms and locker rooms of their biological sex. And I tied it into the Santee, California girl, 17-year-old girl, who uh, was in the YMCA women's showers, and a man exposed himself to her in in the shower. She was condemned by the YMCA. She was condemned not the narcissist sicko who exposed his male genitals to her in the shower. So here's the rule on the left, the sick, perverse left, which is redundant. The left today is sick and perverse. It is a completely destructive and nihilistic force in society. Bored, sick people dominate the left. And their rule is this. If you expose yourself to a a girl... You're a man and you expose your genitals to a girl, you go to jail. But if you expose yourself to a girl and say you're a girl, then the girl is condemned and you don't go to jail. Tell me why that's not sick. Tell me. Ask your your left-wing relatives if it is okay for someone who says he is a girl to expose himself to little girls when he has male genitalia. That's all. Just ask them, is that okay with you? Don't say anything. Just say, I, I won't even react. My dear brother. My, my dear child. Ju- just tell me if you think that is okay. There's a five-year-old girl in a shower, and a guy who says he's a girl exposes his male genitals to her. Is that okay with you? That's all. But don't yell. I'm yelling. But you don't yell. Just say it calmly. I just want to understand where you're coming from. The entire woke left, which is redundant, the whole left is woke. Liberals are not woke. Liberals are are cowards and won't vote Republican. They vote for the woke. But they don't believe in this. In fact, if you tell this, it'll be the first time they'll ever hear of it. This isn't reported in the New York Times or any other left-wing journal that they rely on for their distorted view of the world. So ask them that. Is it okay for someone with male genitalia to expose himself or herself, if that's what you wish, itself, themselves, that's better, to expose themselves to a girl in a girl's shower? If they say yes, then you know that you are dealing with a brainwashed, sick person who may be your beloved child, may be your beloved spouse, beloved parent, 
but it doesn't make them any less brainwashed. Do you understand how sick the brainwash must be for someone to say it's okay to expose oneself to a girl? If you say you're a girl, that's all you have to do is say that? Anyway, so the the parish, the Catholic parish in Des Moines has now said this. 16 schools and 80 parishes across the state. Some activists complained. Many in Iowa hailed the decision as a long overdue crackdown. Their comments echoed those of parents across the country who have protested rapidly changing trans rules in public schools and various states. Finally, a church that is acting like a church, said one admirer of the diocese's decision. I hope this gives more courage to other uh, churches and Christian schools and Jewish schools across the country. On Monday... That's two days ago. The diocese, which is headed by 60-year-old Bishop William M. Johnson, J-O-E-N-S-E-N, and is responsible for four hospitals as well as its array of schools and churches, published the official policy document which outlined these new rules and how the organization ultimately decided on the changes. A spokesman for the diocese wrote that the rules have been, quote, part of a lengthy process geared toward addressing concerns from schools and church staff revolving around students' gender identity. The Diocese of Des Moines Communication, Communications Director Anne Marie Cox confirmed Monday that all seven of the stipulations will go into effect immediately. Then, however, there is, needless to say, or not needless to say, but as one might expect, a female state senator, Claire Kelsey, or Chelsea, C-E-L-S-I, progressive Democrat, said these schools want public dollars and want to treat kids in a way that might cause them to commit suicide. This is the emotional blackmail of the left if you actually say you can't expose yourself uh, in showers or elsewhere or, or you can't compete in women's sports if you are a biological male you will cause them to commit suicide it's emotional blackmail as if they are committing suicide because of that not because of the mental problems that led them to say at 16 years of age that they are the other sex that's mentally healthy right to, to to deny that it is a mental issue is cruel. You have no issues. You're perfectly healthy if you're 12 years old and you think you're a boy. That is a completely healthy response. That's what the science, that's what the, excuse me, the medical community and the progressives are telling kids. This is not what Jesus would do said State Senator Claire Kelsey. That's right. She knows. She knows what Jesus would do. Jesus would say, of course, little girls should see male genitalia if the male says that he is a female. Of course. It's a wonder that Jesus didn't say that to begin with. For a believing Christian, Jesus is divine. Jesus would, would be, in, in, in effect, omniscient. 
Why didn't Jesus say anything comparable at that time? The state senator renewed her attack in another post days later on the religious organization, citing the fact that she herself attended Catholic school as a youth. Hmm. The Diocese of Des Moines is trying to shun and exclude people based on their sexual orientation and gender expression. What what does this have to do with sexual orientation? I, I I clearly missed it. I didn't I didn't see anything. Do do gay males not think of themselves as males? What was that? I'm sorry, Sean. What did you say? Okay, we shall return in a moment. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. There's a lot of talk about the Great Reset and digital currencies. The U.S. government has been floating the idea of a digital dollar for quite some time, opening up the door to the government controlling your bank account, or worse yet, freezing your money. They did that in Canada, remember? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed, Coin, and Bullion, and for my friend Nick Grovich. Now more than ever in this woke world, it's important to own tangible assets like gold and silver. Owning physical gold and silver gives you control over your wealth. They're proven, stable commodities that have held their value over time. Beyond the overarching reach of government, and it's so important you do business with a trustworthy and transparent company like AmFed Coin and Bullion, AmFed's owner Nick and his experienced team will always provide you with honest, sound advice. No pressure sales. Moving a portion of your wealth into precious metals is a prudent decision. Call AmFed Coin and Bullion. 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com. Dennis Prager here. So I salute the Archdiocese of... I salute the Archdiocese of Des Moines. I think what causes people uh, to have courage, aside from their desire to be courageous, that's all you need to do. To be courageous, you just have to decide to be. it's, It's as simple as that. It's not simple to do, but it is simple as that. You want to be courageous? Decide to be courageous. That's why I tell young people all the time, this this, this question of, you know, I, 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 I need to take time out to, to really find out who I am. I, I can't think of a single stupider question to find out who you are. No, what you need to find out in life is who you want to be. That's, that's the question that matters. Who do you want to be, not who are you? Basically, you're nothing. I'm nothing, you're nothing. I am what I want to be. Okay? As a five-year-old, what do you tell a five-year-old? At, at what age do you explore who you are? Five, ten, fifteen, twenty? A five-year-old needs to be taught who he or she should be. That's the way it was when we took wisdom seriously. Not, who are you? I don't even know what that means. Who am I? I'm Dennis. And who are you? So, courageous. If you want to be courageous, you just decide to be. And the Archdiocese of Des Moines has this has made it easier for other people religious institutions to be courageous. It is amazing that it takes courage, actually, to bar 
uh, males with with uh, with male genitalia from the showers of uh, from girls showers. I mean, it's a, the fact that it takes courage shows you how sick the left has made the society, and specifically the society. In some ways, America is the sickest society, along with Canada. They're they're in a race to the bottom. It, it, I can't believe I'm saying this. A, a lifetime of speaking of American exceptionalism, at obviously in a completely positive way, without ever denying America's flaws, we've been exceptional in terms of, most obviously, liberty, giving vast numbers of people opportunity. We have been exceptional. Today, the primary aspect of American exceptionalism is sickness. Yes, that's right. I wrote an article about how many countries are are stopping the gender affirmation, which is Orwellian, because what you do, if you want gender affirmation, you affirm the biological sex of a child. That's gender affirmation. They have gender affirmation. You you take a kid who is troubled, and if you deny that a kid is troubled, if, if she says at 14 she's a boy, if she's not troubled, the word troubled should be removed from our vocabulary. Anyway, the left owns the vocabulary, so they define troubled as they, as they see fit. You're troubled if you actually think that people should identify with their biological sex. One eight Prager seven seven six eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. So the uh, the great enemy of humanity, the World Economic Forum is an enemy of everything that I hold dear and precious in life. Another worldwide sick institution, which you should fear uh, as as much as, as you might fear anything. They, uh, the, the woman there, uh, she is uh, one of the officials of the European Union, said that soon America will have illegal hate speech laws. In other words, not that the laws will be illegal, but they will, they will make hate speech illegal. I'll comment on that in a moment. Women have always been a big problem to me, Dr. Fussbend. Are you listening, Doctor? Yes, yes, yes. Go on, go on. Yeah, he wasn't listening. Come on, come on. By the way, it is perfect. Women have always been a, a deep. Uh, what is it? A lot of trouble for me. Well, what is the what is the very ending of that uh, of the opening? I've always always been a, a big problem for me. I think that's what he says. Yeah, well, women have always been a big problem for me. How ironic because the topic today is related. Dennis Prager here, the male female hours, the most honest talk about men and women in the American media, of which I am aware. And if there is more honest talk, I salute them. I I would try to figure out what I have not dealt with. (laughs) And part of the reason is I don't shy away from essentially any subject. I am very comfortable talking about almost every subject. I mean, I'm comfortable about talking about every subject. Some things uh, may cross the line in terms of uh, regular radio as opposed to paid for as theoretically private radio. But anyway, 
It's very open. And as I always mention, or nearly every week, I'm not a man fan or a woman fan. There are many wonderful women, many wonderful men, many awful women, and many awful men. I don't understand being a man fan or a woman fan. I, I, I simply don't understand. I'm a good person fan. Okay, so here's today's topic. Now, I don't know when it arose, but apparently I said in passing that one defining element of masculinity is not being intimidated by women. And someone that I've known for years, I won't go further, uh, sent me an interesting email saying that would be a great topic for a male-female hour, and it is something that he has struggled with. So given that, I thought, yes, that would be a really, really good subject on masculinity and men intimidated by women. So I'm going to share with you something that I don't think I ever said. Whenever I have raised the issue on the male-female hour of, for example, what are what's the secret or what is one of the secrets to a a long and good marriage. Long marriage is easy. Long and good marriage, that's an achievement. Long marriage is not an achievement. Long and and relatively good marriage, that's an achievement. So very often men will call in and say, and they say it sort of uh, in a in a fun way. But it's a fun way that I think speaks of a serious conviction. And that is, Dennis, I learned long ago that the secret to a good marriage is to always say, yes, ma'am. Or yes, dear. I think yes, dear, not yes, ma'am. Yes, dear. And I never, I don't believe I ever said, boy, are you right? Or... Well said. I generally, to the best of my recollection, have always been silent and just let the person continue talking, let the man continue talking. Incidentally, I never got a call from a woman. It just occurs to me now. No woman answering the question, what is the secret to a, a long, good marriage, has ever said to me, The secret is that my husband always says, yes, dear. So why is it only men who say that, even if it's somewhat tongue-in-cheek? But somewhat is the operative word there. I think there is a lot of truth to that. But it's it's really worthy of note that no woman has ever said that. What do, you, what do you women think of that, by the way? When men say that, do you laugh? Do you think it's nonsense? Do you think no man does that? Do you think, well, there's a lot of truth to that. If only my husband said yes, dear, all the time, we'd have a better marriage. So it's a very important question 
is part of masculinity not being intimidated by women. Now, to a certain extent, it is natural for good men to be a little intimidated uh, in the the sense that a lot of men are somewhat shy of just walking over, you know, you're a single guy, you just, a lot of guys are not going to just walk over to an attractive woman and, you know, start chatting her up, as they say in uh, in England. By the way, the guy who does and who knows how to do it and who does not express in- intimidation is, a, is very appealing to a lot of women. So it's something for men to know, but I'm not talking about some intrinsic shyness with regard to a woman that he doesn't know. I'm talking about women in general, and certainly a woman in a man's life. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-888. I'm interested to hear from both sexes on this particular issue of men intimidated by women, how women react to it. I have a theory that women not all, but most women, subconsciously, I don't think it's conscious, subconsciously test men's metal, M-E-T-T-L-E, I believe it is, test men and see if they can intimidate him because they most women really do want a strong man. And it's... It applies not only in marriage. I know when I give uh, speeches, and I remember one vividly where a young woman came to the microphone during the question and answer period when I asked if you don't agree with me to come first. And she looked at me and said, "Are Are you telling us, are you telling me that women are not persecuted in America? And, I, uh, of course, I remember saying, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I mean, there was no voice in me that thought, oh, she's a female, so I'll, I'll be nice about my response. I'll sort of modify my response to, to take into account that, She's a female posing this challenge. It, do, it doesn't. It, it really doesn't occur to me. I, I think I, it's up to you, the listener, to judge. But I, it would be interesting if any of you thought that I responded to women or and men differently, in the way I would deal with disagreement any differently, male or female. I, I, it's a non-issue to me. If a woman is wrong, she's wrong. If a woman is right, she's right. So, when I think of the masculine uh, figures of, you know, movies from the 50s, let's say, you don't think of John Wayne, I'm not talking, I I don't know him, I have no idea what he was like as a person off the camera, but on camera, uh, 
he he radiated something that feminism claimed to loathe, and that was a man who was, so to speak, in charge. And that was considered a masculine ideal, the feminist movement. The feminist movement, now that I think about it, the feminist movement was an intimidating movement for most men. That's really how it succeeded. It intimidated men. One eight Prager seven seven six. My pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever, and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. A set of pillowcases for only nine ninety eight, and rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper for as low as ninety nine ninety nine. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts of the year happening now. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code PRAGER, or call 800-761-6302. You'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight, and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Take out the papers and the trash. Oh, you don't get no spending cash if you don't scrub that kitchen floor. You ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yaggedy Don't talk back. Just finish cleaning up your room. Let's see that dust fly with that broom. Get all that garbage out of sight. Oh, you don't go out Friday night. Yaggedy yak. Don't talk back. You just put on your coat and hat. And walk yourself to the laundromat. Okay, everybody. Dennis Trigger here. Before I go to your calls, I'd like to uh, remind you of a uh, very wonderful organization that is new to me. They are fighting the utterly destructive, massive investment firms like BlackRock that are supporting the anti-American, anti-freedom woke with vast numbers, hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars. They're fighting them. And that is the it's called consumersresearch.org. They just want you to learn about their mission to protect consumers from woke investment firms like BlackRock. That's consumersresearch.org, and I ask you to just visit them, consumersresearch.org, because we uh, we have not lost this country. Just get you have to have that clear in your mind. We are losing it, but we have not lost it. A lot of people are fighting. Let them know. You should know who they are. Consumersresearch.org. It's the male-female hour, and this is a fascinating topic. Men who are intimidated by women tend to be non-masculine. It's part of masculinity is not being intimidated by women. Women love strong men. But they test men, 
even subconsciously. Feminism was a test of men. Most men failed <clears throat> because most men are, in fact, intimidated by women. Left-wing men, the feminist man, uh, is exactly a perfect example of the intimidated man. That's right. Oh, women said the following. Of course, of, yes, dear. The response of men to the feminist movement, yes, dear. Uh, not to the basic claims that women and men are equal and in God's eyes, born equal, created in God's image to be treated decently. That pre that predates feminism by tens of thousands, or no, tens of thousands, by thousands of years. So that, that that's a given. In fact, feminism, that's how it succeeded, because it intimidated men. That, that's, that's its success. The left is composed of intimidated men. And it's uh, they've they've worked in that way, you know. I wrote a column and said on the air that women are disproportionately doing damage to this country because they are overwhelmingly elementary school teachers and principals, and they are damaging children today. And the role of uh, female doctors at children's hospitals disproportionately promoting a child. Uh, what's what? What is the proper word? Child abuse uh, by uh, giving them hormone-blocking drugs and even removing healthy girls' breasts at the ages of 16 to 18, or for that matter, un- under 21, as far as I'm concerned, over 21 in most cases as well. It is mutilation. It's, a, it's disproportionately female doctors who are a part of that. So, of course, the left-wing males accused me of misogyny because women can do no wrong. If you accuse men of, of disproportionately involved in violence and sexual violence, uh, that's fine because it's true. But the left never asks, is it true? They ask, does it offend them? So that was an, an act of intimidated men. We can't tell the truth about women. We can only tell bad truths about men. So it's a it's a big it's a big issue. Okay, Rita in Orlando, Florida. Hello. Hey, Dennis. Hi. Hey, I just wanted to say that nothing triggers me more than my husband saying yes, dear, because it's hollow. It's trite. It's condescending. I know he doesn't mean it. I know he's just, yes, dear, as a false, it's false. He's not really agreeing with me. He just wants me to shut up. So <laughs> I, I cannot stand that term. I mean, he's... Have I, you, by, have you told this yesterday. to him? Yeah, and I just, he just doesn't get it. He just constantly says, yes, dear. And I said, just say yes, no, dear. But he's right. like, well, dear is, uh-huh. you know. Well, you should play, you should play this that. out. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for calling. I actually uh, was saying to my producer prior to 
the hour, that it is insulting to a woman, in fact, this yes, dear thing. It's insulting. Because it, it, you're really sort of patting her on the head. Why? It's, it's, a, it's a double whammy. Uh, it, it's, it, it's disrespectful to her. You wouldn't say that to, to a guy. Uh, in that regard, you should talk to a woman like to a man. You, you'd say, what are you, what are you kidding? Or no way. If that's what you would say to a male friend, that's what you say to a female friend, aka spouse. No, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't agree. Doesn't mean you don't love her anymore. If her disagreeing with you doesn't mean she doesn't love you. Got to be real. Real is masculine, actually. Fake is not masculine. Uh, okay, let's see here. Stephanie in Grand Prairie, Texas, seems to agree with that. Hello. Hello, Stephanie. Hello. I'm in a car with my husband. He's right next to me, right? Yes. Hello. Oh, I thought he was going to say yes, dear. <laughs> he wanted you to say yes, dear. You want to try again? Try again. Oh, no. yes, That's dear. fine. That, I, I'm okay. kidding. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, we agree. We agree with your previous caller that it's condescending and rude if you if you just shut someone down. Yeah, yeah, by, exactly. By saying, yes, dear, shut up. Uh, you can have your way this time. Now, sometimes he says it to me tongue in cheek. Yes, dear, like, but it's it. We have a tally in our head of who got their way last time, so it's just more like taking turns. If he says yes, dear, to me, then. I know, okay, it's my turn next time. I'll be saying yes, dear, to him. That, hey, that's a great, that is a great response. I, I salute you both. I, I have done a, a male-female hour on who should get their way on, like, what restaurant to eat at. Taking turns is a, a superb example, but I have a, a deeper uh, outlook on who should get their way on differences like that. I'll share it with you when we return. Everybody, male female hour, Dennis Prager show every Wednesday, the second hour. Men who are easily intimidated by women are, are not masculine. I'm not blaming them, I'm not yelling at them. A lot of men struggle with this, but at least we need to, to state what is true. And I'm using the example of the calls I have so often gotten and I'm not knocking the men who called with this. It's often a a cute comment, but I I don't find it cute only because it it isn't true. The secret to a long, happy marriage, many men will call in and say, ah, the secret is to say, yes, dear. And I don't agree with that. And it's not what women want to hear in any event. So we were talking about the the call from both a man and a woman uh, driving in a car, riding in a car, and 
the issue of how do you decide, you know, when is it yes to you or yes to me on on some given issue. So she said, well, we take turns, which I think is is a good one. The my my rule of thumb has generally been whoever it is more important to should generally win that debate. If if having I mean to take a non extremely important example, where to eat that night? Admittedly, a first world problem. If one is is really not in the mood for a certain type of food and the other one is more or less 50-50, go with the one who really doesn't want to eat a certain type of food. But on, even on more serious subjects, the one who is, for whom it is more urgent an issue, I, generally that should be the one to prevail. But that's another subject. And let's go to Alan in Orlando, Florida. Hello, Alan. Hello. How are you, Dennis? Thank you. Well. Good. Dennis, you know, women and men are totally, totally different. I'm going to get to your answer. But, you know, many women, they don't know what to eat. It takes them an hour to decide. They don't know what to get dressed. Back to the point of men, or, or actually women, saying that they do not believe that they said that the men should agree to them, and that would be a happy marriage. They think it, but they will not say it. On the other hand, when you say men are intimidated by women, see, men look at women in a different way. When they look at a woman, they like her. A woman looks at a man for security. So if you go to a beautiful woman and you do not have that security, which is mostly money, then it's a waste of time. So it's not in- All right. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. I thank you. Uh, I, I did address that earlier, which doesn't mean you shouldn't address it, you who call in. Uh, one of the sexiest things about a man is self-confidence. And that's that's manifested in part by not being intimidated. Doesn't mean you're rude or obnoxious. Although there are women women who do like bad boys. The younger the woman, the more that is. But why is it that she likes bad boys? We ought to do that as a subject. What is the attraction of bad boys to many women? Uh, one is excitement. They just seem exciting. The good guy seems less exciting. It's, and uh, another is that he seems very confident and the desire for being in the arms of a protector is a, is a primal one for most women. Okay, Ian in San Dimas, California. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call. You know, there is an old Native American proverb that states the best way for a man to not be intimidated by any woman is to have at least one or more sisters. Your thoughts? (laughs) Uh, You know, that's very good. Very, very interesting. I ought to do that as a subject. It is probably true. I didn't have a sister 
and I had to learn really what I call terra incognita, unknown land, what women are like. I had no idea. Another possibility is a particularly a good relationship with a mother. Uh, that might help too. And But sisters, and by the way, a girl, girl having brothers learns a tremendous amount about men. It's a great new subject. When you won't Say you do, baby, when you don't Let me know, honey, how you feel Tell the truth, how is love real But uh-uh Well, honey, don't Well, honey, don't Honey, don't Honey, don't Hi, everybody, male, female, Eric cleared up some lines 1-8 Prager 776-877-243-776. Male, female, hour on the Dennis Prager Show. And the question of masculinity is on the table. What is it? And one aspect of it is not intimidated by women. Doesn't mean you're not respectful, you don't honor, you're not decent. One has nothing to do with the other. Being intimidated is not a form of respect. So it, to even suggest that it means you don't respect women probably means you went to college and learned how not to think clearly. But uh, on a macro level, as I said earlier, the entire feminist movement has been a form of intimidating men and it has worked. What they did was they decided to tell men if you differ with feminism in any way, uh, you are a toxic male. And so men got intimidated. And of course on the on the micro level, I'm talking about the response I often get from men, the secret to a good marriage, long good marriage, is to say yes dear all the time. They're kidding and not kidding, but it's it's not the secret at all. All right, uh, let's go to Yaakov in Chicago. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Thank you for putting me on. I actually think you have answered the question in previous man-woman hours so clearly because you have spoken about a man's need, and this is a generalization, of course, but an ongoing need on the part of the way men think for the approval of women. I think early on, I'm not a Freudian uh, psychologist, anything like that, but early on, the the young boy needs to uh, seek approval of his mom, and that later graduates into a partner, a wife, and because he has this need to seek that approval of the female partner, I think it kind of morphs into a form of intimidation such that an example I had in mind as you were talking about it, if I am opening my fridge door and something accidentally spills out all over the floor, I have a moment of of momentary trauma that, oh, she's going to kill me. She's going to kill me and get cleaned the thing up before, you know, she sees it. I think I'm an adult. Why am I worried about that? 
Why am I scared? But I think you've answered that's, that. That's funny. Like, that, that, that is fascinating. I, I, I love your honesty. <laughs> uh, well, there are two separate issues you raise. One is when you spill something and the concern with her reaction. I'll deal with that in a moment. But the first one is more important even. I have never, ever said, to the best of my knowledge, that men should seek women's approval uh, or want it. I said men want women's admiration. And they're very, very different. And that is true. A man wants to be admired by a woman. This is my theory. Men want to be admired by the woman they love, and women want to admire the man they love. That took many, many decades to come up with. But I love simple formulas that are not simplistic, and that's an example. Men want to be admired by the woman they love, and women want to admire the man they love. But approval, that's totally different. That, that is in the realm of child. Wanting a parent's approval, if, you're, if your spouse is in any way psychologically your parent, that's not, a, I don't think, a good thing. As regards the issue of making a mess when you open the refrigerator and the your wife's reaction, well... The wife has to control her reaction unless most of the time you open the refrigerator, you do spill something, in which case a solution might be sought. (laughs) Honey, I'll tell you why something falls out every time you open or nearly every time you open the refrigerator, and then you can work on a solution. Even women like solutions in many instances. Okay, more calls. Uh, David in Aurora, Illinois. Hello. Yes, uh, Dennis, first of all, I have frequently expressed that Dennis Prager has the best expression of Judeo-Christian ethics of anybody that I've ever heard. So, uh, Well, thank you. Actually, I, I try. I do try in that regard. Thank you. Uh, well, anyway, to the topic, I'm a retired optometrist. I have a video, a vivid memory of a very attractive young woman who is also outstanding academically. And she, in our conversation, complained about men not coming up to her, she would like a relationship. And the point being that men are typically, many men, are intimidated by women who are perceived as being superior in multiple factors. And my advice to her was, if you see a man that you admire, give him honest uh, appreciation and compliments that will shut down any barrier that the man has feeling of being intimidated by you. 
That's a good good piece of advice. I agree with you. I have to deal with that because I get this from single women a lot, bright single women, that men are intimidated. And I'm wondering, is she playing any role in that? We'll be back in a moment. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. brought it on home and I called her on the phone I said darling won't you come out front she said my favorite show's on just go mow the lawn and call me when you get it done honey do this honey do that I've got you a list so stay on track you gotta get it done by the end of the day if you wanna have fun Well, everybody, final segment of this very interesting male-female hour. By the way, a reminder, you can hear all the male-female hours of well over a decade. It's free marital therapy, as many, many couples have said to me. All the happiness hours, all the ultimate issues hours, all the regular hours, all without commercial, including today's and every day all at PragerTopia.com, and it makes a spectacular gift. With PragerTopia Unlimited, you could also have every one of my hundreds of lectures and my courses. PragerTopia.com. Subscribing to the show and getting all the back shows commercial-free. PragerTopia.com. This has been a great subject. That masculine involves not being intimidated by women. Mark, Belmont, New Hampshire. Haven't heard from Belmont, New Hampshire in quite a while. Hi. How are we doing today? I'm going to take the speaker, and there we go. Um, so yeah. I think I have some answers for you. Um, mm-hmm. the, the answer is an intimidation. It's fear as to what women can do to him. And mm-hmm. the more that a man has to lose, the more fearful that, that he is. You know, you, you see the guys out in the bars that, you know, will walk up and, you know, talk to women you know, take, you know, take them home or, or whatever. Those guys have virtually nothing to lose. There's nothing to take. Uh, but you, you have a guy who has a lot to lose. They're going to be very, very cautious um, about women and what they can say and what they can do with no consequences. So you, you mean at HR at work, at human resources at work? Is that what you're referring to? Uh, sure. I mean, I, I, I lived it. Um, I, I had, I had a 22 year long career in education. I had faults. Um, sexual misconduct accusations against me. They were proven wrong. 
proven uncredible every which way to Sunday, and I still lose my career. Well, let me tell you, that's very. Uh, it's a, an, an, another very important subject. This has truly been uh, an overkill. The things that you can't uh, do at work, can't say at work. Yeah, it's been a form of hysteria, which is one of the characteristics of of the left, hysteria. Yep, got a lot of issues. Well, Jim, LeVon, Maureen, Tim, Jeff, Pamela, and Mike. It's the most painful part of my radio show, not able to take so many thoughtful calls. But I, I hope uh, this has meant something to you. It's a good reason to have copies of the show to play for people, including a spouse, even, or friends. PragerTopia.com. We continue with The Dennis Prager Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Wonderful to be with you. Welcome to the third hour of the Dennis Prager Show. For those of you who missed it, just had the male-female hour, and it was very interesting. My One of my theories, that masculinity involved not being intimidated by women. Needless to say, it has nothing to do with not respecting. In fact, it's not respect to be intimidated. But anyway... Just a reminder that there's a lot of life talked about on my radio show. I care about everything. I'm here in Miami. Today, what would be the, uh, let's see. Today's the sixth day of eight days of videoing with Jordan Peterson and scholars of the Bible the uh, the book of Exodus. It's available at the Daily Wire. It has been a joy in my life. There's been a dream of my life, by the way. You know, to offer you a thought about life here, I have said in all of my life of teaching the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, upon which the whole Old Testament and New Testaments are based. They are primus inter pares. As they say in Latin, they are first among equals, the first five books. Without them, there's no Old Testament, no New Testament. That was what, uh, after Psalms, that was what Jesus cites the most. Actually, the book of Deuteronomy, which my commentary on is the latest of my five books three are out. Deuteronomy is the latest of the rational Bible. And I always note that it is so symbolic Moses never got into the promised land. For those of you who went to secular high schools and colleges and don't even know what I'm talking about, which is increasingly the case, a reference that a completely non-formally educated kid a hundred years ago in America would have known exactly what I'm talking about. Moses takes the Hebrews, the Israelites, the Jews, whichever term you wish to use, out of Egypt. And the goal is to get into the promised land, but 
God does not allow him to for reasons I won't get into now. And I always use that as a metaphor. Nobody gets into their promised land. Everybody dies with unrealized goals. And one of my goals in my life has been to spread the Torah to the world, the first five books of the Bible. If everybody took them seriously, this would be a beautiful world. That's why I'm writing my Rational Bible series and beg you to read it. Nobody writes these things to get rich, so I think it's clear. This is not a monetary request. It is a an idealistic one that you read it about the rational Bible, but uh, I have I have if not I've certainly not entered the promised land of my goals, but I have seen them to a certain extent, and this is an example. Millions of people will have watched this series at the Daily Wire. It means the world to me. Jordan Peterson's evolution is a fascinating one. And I may have a discussion with him on my show about his own evolution. He was a secular man. Any secular person who thinks deeply knows that the crisis of the West is the crisis of the post-religion world in which we live. The left has succeeded in literally demoralizing the Western world with its antipathy to Judeo-Christian religions. There was a, talking about that, a very interesting thing was just sent to me. Where is it? Hold on, folks. Bear with me because of the number of stories I juggle at any given time. But this one is really fascinating. I just want to get you the name of the hockey player because I I don't know uh, what... Anyway, there is a hockey player. I'll get his name. And apparently the team in the NHL, and the National Hockey League, and the team is expecting them to wear LGBTQIA armbands. And he's refused to. By the way, I, I even that blows my mind. The NHL has really gone out of its mind, just out of its mind. But so is the NFL and the NBA. They, they, they all have... They're cowards. They, they, these are not idealistic people. These are cowards. They're, these are the easily intimidated, non-masculine men who who run these things. That's, that's a perfect example of what I was just talking about. Here we go. I got ah, cool. Okay, so I actually got it. And Flyers defenseman. Ah, okay, here we go. Oh, it's not even an armband. Holy crow, it's a jersey. So the uh, his name is Ivan Provorov. And he is a defenseman for the Philadelphia Flyers National Hockey League team. And he refused to wear a rainbow jersey for the warm-ups during Pride Night in the increasingly pathetic city of Philadelphia. It's truly, it's, it's beyond belief, the deterioration of Philadelphia and almost every elite institution in it, including what has been done to the orchestra by the woke heads of the orchestra there. I know about this because of friends there and because I am so involved in classical music. But anyway, so this courageous guy 
the 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 non-masculine men of the Philadelphia Flyers. That's what it is. It's these guys are are as concerned about Pride Night as you are uh, about the medieval Romanian poetry. Uh, but uh, they're told, and what constitutes courage? The ability to do what is not popular. That is it. That that's a courageous thing. Now, if you truly believe, uh, remember, this is not toleration night. This is pride night. There's a very big difference. They're not stupid, the left. They're despicable, but they're not stupid. They're shallow, but they're not stupid. So the whole point of pride is you, you have to, you are, you are affirming LGBTQIA. You are not tolerating, respecting, uh, or anything like that. You are celebrating. You must, it's the totalitarianism of the left. It is not enough for you not to uh, in any way infringe upon the right of a person to be LGBTQIA. That's not enough at all. You must affirm its nobility. And uh, he's not willing. And why? I found out it's very interesting. He was asked why not at a press conference where he spoke uh, where he spoke to the people. He's apparently American because he seemed to have not, in other words, not Russian, even though or he's of Russian lineage, as most people in the Russian Orthodox Church are. And uh, he said it's because of his Russian Orthodox faith he will not wear that, because if if you take Judeo-Christian value seriously. You tolerate uh, people uh, and you respect people who are LGBTQIA, but you you cannot affirm that that is the the ultimate desire. A on the on the T part, the transgender part, you can't because there were only two sexes in the Bible. You cannot reconcile the creation story and the entire Bible with the notion that sexual identity is fluid. A, a, a a ridiculous notion that is brand new. It's amazing how all the scientists of history never knew this until woke scientists of the last 20 years. Okay. As regards other matters, uh, the ideal is the family composed of a man and a woman and children, a married man and a woman. Just had dinner last night with a dear gay couple, in our my wife and my life who live here in Miami and he, they have no problem in acknowledging that the ideal is male female that's 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 so they 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 wouldn't wear an LGBTQIA jersey either even though they're a married same sex couple so I'm very curious I'm going to follow this Fedorov story is that was his name? Fedorov? Uh, no, Provorov, sorry. Provorov. Well, another argument for the Judeo-Christian uh, faith. Oh, look at this. This is nice. Flyers head coach John Tortorella defended the uh, the player. He's being true to himself. That's That's impressive. 
hey, folks, I don't have to make the case for you to get the gold and uh, and silver. I mean, it, it's so self-evidently desirable on your part. The, the trick is to know whom. Okay, everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. Welcome back. I was talking to you about this hockey player who wouldn't uh, wear uh, the, the rainbow jersey for the Pride Night. This gives you a perfect example of the cowardice built into secularism. Secularism is a moral dead end, an intellectual dead end. Religious people don't say men give birth; only secular people do. I don't. I don't know why that in and of itself doesn't make you think. Whoa, maybe being secular isn't making me wise. Whoa, maybe it's not the greatest way to raise my children. The Des Moines, as I reported the first hour, the Des Moines Catholic Archdiocese, the Diocese of Des Moines. I don't think Archdiocese, right? And let's see, the new Diocese of Des Moines, yeah. You uh, you go to the uh, the bathroom of your biological sex, and there are no preferred pronouns in its hospitals or schools. People are starting to fight back against the sickness of the left, and it is its moral and psychological sickness. At at its heart, it's cowardice. That's what it is, and the cowardice of virtually every college president of virtually every college dean, of virtually every college professor, of virtually every newspaper editor. Either the cowardice or the combination of cowardice and vicious left-wing ideas. Like the uh, like Sulzberger, the publisher of the New York Times, appearing yesterday at the World Economic Forum on a panel on how to suppress disinformation. Gives you an idea of the cesspool he has helped make the New York Times. That he is on that panel on how to censor. Do you understand that? Do you, you do you appreciate the danger the New York Times presents to free speech? Be interesting to see if there will be one person affiliated with the New York Times who would even venture. Gee, I don't think my publisher should have been on that con- at that conference. Of course not. Well, anyway. That's one of the reasons you listen to this show and know so much more about what is going on in the world than your liberal brother-in-law, not to mention your left-wing brother-in-law. They're talking about more and more hate speech laws. Here's another one. United Nations enlisted Google to push down opposing viewpoints on climate science. This just... uh, came out related to these issues. This came out a few months ago. United Nations Secretary for Global Communications. What the hell is that about? Why does the United Nations have a Secretary for Global Communications? Melissa Fleming said that the international organization collaborated with Google to push its own climate change resources to the top of internet search results. Google is proud of itself. This is why I wrote my column a couple of weeks ago on the on how unreliable the conscience is. It's these these people who are ruining the world, they sleep well at night. I don't know who doesn't. It's usually good people who don't sleep well at night. The bad seem to sleep well at night. 
Listen to this. Uh, listen to this comment. It is equivalent to the Prime Minister of New Zealand saying, "If you don't hear it from the government, it isn't true." Here is another comment. I can't believe it. I just uh, again, the Daily Caller keeps coming out with better and better. I mean, Daily Caller is who runs the Daily Caller? Do you know? I'm actually uh, here with my uh, producer on the road. Good to see you, Mr. Producer. <laughs> I, are you ready for this comment? This is this is the UN Secretary for Global Communications, Melissa Fleming. We own the science, and we think the world should know it, and the platforms themselves also do. We own the science. Oh, there's a John Kerry clip to be played. Sean, you have a John Kerry clip? All right, I'm I'm risking it on the recommendation of uh, my producer, who traveled all the way to Miami to have me do it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. If you said that to most people, most people... They think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. And, and there's no relationship. But really, that's where we are. Yeah, well, that's what he perceives. We're saving the planet. Therefore, those of us who differ with you are destroying the planet. So all the destruction environmentalists have done. I have a whole new thing about the environmentalist destruction, by the way. Uh, in California, what they've done, you, you know that trillions of gallons of water have just fallen on California in the last few weeks? Folks, you, you may not know that. Trillions of gallons. It, it's it's obviously a number that we can't perceive, but you understand how much that is. So we're told we we're, we're have a drought and that we, we should not even water our lawns. Uh, but uh, so where did all that water go? only because of environmentalists worried about such things as the, what is it, half an inch long smelt, delta smelt, right, that fish. Thanks to concerns over that, they don't build even places for that water to be gathered. There is the... the there is no more destructive group. There is there a tide. World Economic Forum is tied with the environmentalist movement of rich, empty people like John Kerry. He's, he is the embodiment. He's the perfect embodiment. Al Gore, another empty soul. They're saving the planet. Every 12 years, we're told, if in 12 years, it's too late. So why don't they shut up after 12 years when nothing happens? What has happened exactly? Of course, they, they then tell you the, the other lie. Whatever happens, hey, whatever happens, it's climate change. Too hot, too cold, floods. Like these things didn't happen before. We own the science. That's right. That's what they believe. They own the truth and they own the sci- science. Why the UN doesn't frighten you 
why the World Economic Forum doesn't frighten you is a puzzle to me, to be honest. People who believe they own science or they are the only source of truth are the scariest people in the world at this time. We return. In America, you have a right to be stupid. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.